Approximately 30 to 60% of children who live in homes where domestic violence occurs are abused by the abuser and or a parent in the home. Over the last few weeks, I've shared my testimony of domestic violence survival, but today I'd like to talk about the silent victims of domestic violence, the children. Join me as we learn how to identify the red flags of child abuse, explore valuable resources that can help, and most importantly, as we give a voice to the voiceless. Stay tuned for part four, their unspoken story, a voice for the voiceless. Welcome to the Unspoken Cycle podcast where women of all ages and stages in life can find guidance and solace from life's everyday stresses. In each episode, we'll tackle a range of topics, including relationships, health, fertility, self-love, careers, mental illness, and more. Stay Stay tuned tuned. for valuable insights, personal anecdotes, and the comfort of knowing you're not not alone. alone. Here's your host, Leah Vaughn. Hello, hello, and welcome to the Unspoken Cycle podcast. Thank you so much for joining me today. I am your host, Leah Vaughn, and this is part four of my four-part series um, for Domestic Violence Awareness Month in October. Coincidentally, today's episode will go live on Halloween. That's a little irony for you. I actually recorded this episode yesterday, and unfortunately, I did not turn my microphone on. So I recorded this episode and discovered through the start of the editing process that there was no audio to the file. And I thought, oh my God, I lost my audio. So of course, I contact my tech team And they said, well, Leah, did you turn on your microphone? Because (laughs) the problem might have been user error. And sure enough, it was. So here I am uh, re-recording and um, ready to dig in again. I'm not sure how I feel about talking about such a heavy topic all over again. But hey, it is what it is. It's what we got to do to get the information out there. So this part of my four-part series is a little bit different than the last. If you've listened to the last three episodes, they were testimonies of my personal experiences with domestic violence. I have been in a total of three domestic violence relationships. They all looked different. Um, Of course, there were a lot of similarities, but each abuser was very different in their mannerisms and what drove them to their insanity, so to speak. And this particular story is not my own. Let me explain. Well, first, let me just say, as always, I would like to offer a trigger warning. What I'm going to talk about today is certainly not a pleasant subject to talk about. It's extremely important as far as education and awareness and being able to be knowledgeable to help others. But if you're in a place today where you are not prepared to hear something that's heavy, something that's disheartening, 
something that reveals tragedy in the lives of young children, I certainly would go ahead and click on out of this now. Not everything is meant to be listened to by everybody all of the time, and I totally understand that. So moving forward, why did I choose what I chose to talk about today? Today, my episode is Their Unspoken Story, A Voice for the Voiceless. I want to talk about child abuse and how domestic violence is prominent in the lives of abused children. And because as a single mom, I know what it's like to have young children in the home and be in an abusive relationship, I completely understand the impact and toll that it takes on their young little lives. Um, I'm not here today to talk about my children being abused. I'm not here to um, reveal tragedy in their lives in that way, nor am I here to confirm or deny um, anything that has happened to them. Their testimonies are their own. They are much older now. I am very proud of all three of my daughters. They're strong. They're resilient. And yeah, their stories are their own. Even if a child is not being physically abused, they are certainly being emotionally abused by being in an environment where they witness domestic violence. If that is in their surroundings every single day when home is supposed to be their safe space, they are being abused. And those children have to heal and recover from that. I'm extremely proud of the work that my my girls have done in their lives to really just work on themselves and to heal. And they've watched me um, go through a lot of healing processes and they have received my unconditional support and love in their own journeys. And um, it's not easy. So today I'm giving a voice to those who don't have one, to the children who are going home after school and don't find a safe space, to the children who are watching their mothers get beaten, bloodied, and bruised by their partners, whether it's a biological parent to that child or a step-parent or a boyfriend or a girlfriend or whatever the situation is. All of those children are helpless in these situations They need support. They need our help. They need us to be there for them. And I am here today to talk about that. Domestic violence impacts the lives of children in extremely real and tragic ways. And we need to bring awareness to that. And that is why I'm closing out my four-part series with this, their unspoken story. Because they have a story as well and because they deserve to have a voice as well. And if there's anything I can do to just put more knowledge out there in the community, for those listening, it's what I'm here for. That's my purpose. So domestic violence does not just impact those who are being physically, mentally abused in their home. Domestic violence affects everybody in that home. And those babies, absolutely are being completely traumatized and impacted by domestic violence as well. According to childwelfare.gov, child abuse occurs in 30 to 60% of homes where domestic violence takes place. Again, 30 to 60% of homes where domestic violence takes place also results 
in child abuse. Those children are not safe. If you listen to part three of my story, I share a part of my story that talks about a moment when I was being physically abused and I looked in the mirror and saw my two daughters at the foot of the stairs watching me spit up blood in a sink in the bathroom. They see it and they know what's happening. They're scared. They're fearful. They just want to feel safe and loved and protected. And these babies aren't feeling that in their homes. I want to read to you some really important statistics from Domestic Violence Services, Inc. This is information that we need to know because we need to educate ourselves on what's really happening in homes where domestic violence is going on every single day. I do apologize if my voice is a little scratchy this morning. Not sure what's going on, maybe a change in the weather, but I am very sorry if I sound a little hoarse for you. (laughs) Okay. Five million children witness domestic violence each year in the U.S. 40 million adult Americans grew up living with domestic violence. Chances are you know somebody who knew of a friend of a friend who was abused or a friend's mom or something like that who was abused, or you know of somebody who was abused as a child in their home. I do. Children from homes with violence are much more likely to experience significant psychological problems short and long-term. Children who've experienced domestic violence often meet the diagnostic criteria for PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder, and the effects on their brain are similar to those experienced by combat veterans. So let that sink in. Children who've experienced domestic violence often grow up to have PTSD and the effects of the PTSD on their little brains are similar to those experienced by combat veterans, by grown adults who have seen warlike scenarios and experienced war traumas. Combat veterans and abused children or children exposed to domestic violence share the same PTSD symptoms. That's horrific. And if that doesn't make your skin crawl, I challenge you to check to see if you're even human. That is sad and it's absolutely unacceptable. We have to do better. Domestic violence in childhood is directly correlated with difficulties learning, lower IQ scores, deficiencies in visual motor skills, and problems with attention and memory. I'll go over some of the red flags of child abuse, and it's sad how greatly domestic violence really does correlate with a child's motor skills, their inability to concentrate. It leaves them fearful in a constant state of fear and anxiety. It's just, it's really terrifying to think that that there are so many children who aren't able to speak up for themselves and protect themselves and are living in this hell every single day. Living with domestic violence significantly alters a child's DNA, aging them prematurely from seven to 10 years. Seven to 10 years. 
I'm sorry, but that's fucking crazy. So a child living in a domestic violence environment is biologically impacted in a way that they're aged seven to 10 years. We have to do better. Children in homes with violence are physically abused or seriously neglected at a rate of 1,500% higher than the national average. That's 1,500% higher than the national average. We have to do better. I do apologize for the interesting noises in the background. I don't mean to interrupt, but Bronx is playing with his little squeaky pig and is not being respectful of my quiet time this morning. So I do apologize. <laughs> Let me try to um, get him to shush. I'm not going to edit this out, though, because you know what, guys? This is real life. This happens to me all the time. Either I'm on a call or I'm doing something where I've got to really concentrate and this guy comes in with the loudest toy in the house and wants to play. So, hey, it is what it is. He's looking at me like, what I do, mom? <laughs> Anyways, let's move on. If you grow up with domestic violence, you're 74% more likely to commit a violent crime against someone else and... Children of domestic violence are three times more likely to repeat the cycle in adulthood as growing up with domestic violence is the most significant predictor of whether or not someone will engage in domestic violence later in life. As an example, every single one of the individuals who I endured abuse with were all in some way, shape or form abused sexually abused, neglected, or exposed to some sort of neglect or abuse in their childhood. It's not an excuse by all means. It really is not because we all have the, the opportunity to seek out healing resources as adults and do things we need to heal ourselves. But these individuals did not do that work and they became very abusive, sadistic adults. So I am an example of the three times more likely to repeat the cycle in adulthood and the 74% more likely to commit a violent crime against somebody else. They really do have a much higher likelihood of repeating that cycle in their life because it's a learned behavior for them. It's what they know, it's what they do, and nobody has taught them or helped them to learn otherwise. Um, and that's really where it comes from. You know, there's that uh, good old debate about nature versus nurture. I feel like it's an even keeled balance because nature is the environment they grow up in. It shows them things. They learn life from their surroundings. Nurture is the way they're loved and cared for and literally nurtured as children. If they don't have an even balance of positive experiences in those things, they're not going to learn that as their normal. So individuals, so children who grow up around violence, verbal abuse, physical abuse, 
um, isolation, neglect, those children grow up learning that that's how life is, that that is reality. They learn to deal with conflict in the same ways that they saw conflict resolution in their home. So it's sad because the cycle continues, the cycle starts with the parents and it continues with the child. You're listening, You're listening to The Unspoken Cycle with Leah Vaughn. Embrace your female within. Let's talk about some red flags that will help us identify child abuse. Now, if you're somebody who is a teacher or works in a public school system, um, it maybe helps out in a church daycare or um, a childcare facility. You probably already know or have been taught some of these red flags already, but it's important for everybody to know because we're all, we've all come across children. We've all interacted with children and we definitely have to know how to be able to be there and support them and help them. Because you may know somebody who's in a domestic violence relationship who has a child. And even if their child is not being abused directly, they're being indirectly abused. And that abuse is greatly impacting that child's life. So red flags, withdrawal, children who withdraw and begin to isolate themselves in ways that are not characteristic of their behavior, or even if that is their character and they're just unusually quiet and withdrawn and maybe fearful and timid, that can be a red flag that something's going on at home that is leaving them to feel scared, afraid and not wanting to engage behavior changes. So children who act out in aggression, isolation, hostility, even hyperactivity, children who act out on the playground or with friends or other children, if they're acting out when they're playing on the playground, maybe they're violent, maybe they are acting out a scene that they saw at home, Maybe they're trying to touch other children in inappropriate ways. Those are serious red flags that something is going on that should not be in that child's life. A decline in academics or school performance for school-age children. There's definitely a red flag for a child who does well in school and suddenly regresses. <clears throat> if a child begins to do very poorly in their academics. Maybe they can't concentrate. Maybe they have extracurriculars that they're involved in and they are beginning to withdraw and isolate from those or show or no longer show interest. Those are certainly red flags that something stressful is going on in that child's life. Poor hygiene. A child who comes to school or daycare or preschool disheveled, who has not been bathed, who isn't, you know, their dental care is very poor. They're not brushing their teeth. They're losing their teeth. They have rotted mouth or cavities. Poor hygiene. Their clothes aren't washed. Their shoes have holes in them. We all know what poor hygiene looks like on a child. <laughs> 
That's definitely a red flag. Wetting the bed. A child who has been potty trained and is wetting the bed. Maybe has never stopped wetting the bed or has begun to wet the bed again. That's definitely a red flag because that is a signal of stress in that poor baby's life and an inability to cope with what's going on. They're scared. They're fearful. They're not safe. They're not comforted. Wetting the bed is a very big indicator that something is going on. In older children, depression, anxiety, unusual fears, sudden loss of interest or self-confidence, those are all red flags for children who are able to express their feelings and what's going on. Unusual fears, maybe, maybe a fear of getting trapped in a closet or even a fear of the dark being fearful and startled by loud noises or bangs or raised voices. Things like that are certainly red flags that we must pay attention to. A child experiencing sleeping problems or nightmares, a child who comes to school or preschool and sleeps and is lethargic and can't stay awake because they're not getting sleep at home. They're not safe at home, so their tiny little body can't rest. They're on they're hypersensitive to what's going on around them. I can only imagine what a child feels like when they cannot sleep safely in their home because I know what it's like as an adult to not be able to sleep safely in my home. I mentioned in my last episode, I mastered sleeping with one eye open. I am the lightest sleeper in my house. It really pisses me off sometimes because I hear every little sound and every little creak. I can hear the dogs snoring. I can hear, you know, wind outside. I feel like from miles away, just every little sound that happens startles me. Well, it doesn't startle me now, but it alerts me. My brain turns on and my ears are very sensitive because I've been trained that way. Because at one point, I did have to sleep with one eye open for my safety. So that is a trauma response. That is what my body knows how to do. And I don't care if I took six Tylenol PM and two melatonin and whatever else, I will wake up if I hear the slightest noise. It's frustrating, especially when I just want to get a good, solid, uninterrupted night's sleep. But it is what it is, you know? So think about living that way as a child. Children already need more sleep than adults because their young bodies are developing and because they're so active during the day, they need to recoup all of that energy to prepare for the next day. Their bodies need to recover. When they can't sleep and get enough rest, it's going to stunt their physical and emotional growth and really impact them in the most detrimental ways. That's certainly a red flag. Lastly, knowledge of adult issues or things that are inappropriate for their age. So children who are coming to school and talking about maybe pornography, maybe children are coming to school and acting out aggressively if a child takes a toy or says something hurtful. 
when you see a young child acting like an adult, literally, that's certainly a red flag that they're being exposed to a very inappropriate environment. Again, these babies don't have voices. They live in fear. They live at a home that is not a home. And that's why I wanted to talk about child abuse today in a domestic violence environment. There are so many ways that we can be mindful to look out for the children around us. Many of you listening may not even encounter children on a regular basis. And many of you will say, I've never met a child that wasn't happy, or I've never been in an environment where I have seen a child who raised a red flag. Understandably so. However, for those of us out there who have been around children who have been abused, it's so important to be able to give them a safe space, comfort, support, and love because that's what they need. I used to work many years ago at a boy's home in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and those were some of the most abused and neglected children I've ever seen in my life. Child abuse happens in homes everywhere around the United States, around the world, and we don't even know it. Those children go to school, preschool, elementary school, middle school, and high school and hide it. And we don't even know it. I also worked at a boy's home in Atlanta, Georgia. And those children were some of the most abused and neglected children I've ever seen. Domestic violence happens in so many homes all around us. And the majority of those homes have children, children of all ages. We must do better to protect our children. We must do better to give our children a safe space. And we on the outside looking in must do better to support them and to help them. And the ways that we can help them are to educate ourselves on the red flags of child abuse, to educate ourselves on the red flags of domestic violence, and to know what to do if we suspect that something is wrong. So what do we do? Say we're in a certain environment, whatever environment it may be, and we suspect that a child is being abused or that a child is being exposed to abuse, whether it be physical abuse, emotional abuse, sexual abuse, we know something's going on. Well, there are resources. First and foremost, as always, if there's a situation that's critically urgent or requires immediate attention to that child, 911 is always your go-to. 911 to report anything that is threatening the safety and and well-being of that child. There are also local resources. And if you're not sure what your local resources are, you can certainly Google child protective services agencies in your area, or you can call the Child Help National Child Abuse Hotline 
at 1-800-422-4453. They offer 24-7 crisis counselors who help with crisis intervention and also provide extremely important information and referrals to thousands of emergency social service and support resources all across the United States. So if you're not sure who to call or what to do, call the Child Help National Child Abuse Hotline. Again, it's 1-800-422-4453. They're available 24-7. They also have a website where you can look up additional resources at childhelphotline.org. You can also call the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children. It's a tip line where you can give information about a child that you suspect is either missing, if that is the case, or is exploited. So this may be someone you suspect is being sexually exploited or used in a way that's extremely inappropriate and abusive. The number for their tip line is 1-800-843-5678. You can also visit missingkids.org for more resources. Again, there are still local resources that you can reach out to as well. Google is a great tool to find the local resource information in your area. Every city in every state across the United States has a Child Protective Services Agency there to report to. So you can give them a call and make an anonymous confidential report and give them the information of the of what you're suspecting is going on with that child. The more information you can give to them uh, is better because then they're equipped with more tools to really research and investigate and make the best decision for that child's welfare. There are also mandated reporters who are required to report any red flags that they see. So teachers, child care workers, anyone who is involved in healthcare or in an environment where there are children, so schools, again, child cares, places like that, they are required to report anything that could potentially be a red flag signaling harm to that child or signaling that that child is going to harm somebody else or themselves. So if you do suspect that something is going on, maybe you're in the PTA and there's a child in in your son or daughter's class who you see uh, maybe acting out or who you feel there are some red flags going on with them. Talk to the child's teacher, talk to the principal, talk to the school counselor, have a conversation about the best appropriate steps to address the situation. They are mandated reporters. By law, they have to report these things. They have to make sure that they are protecting the well-being of that child. So remember, There are so many resources out there, and I'm not telling you this today on a search for all of the abused children all around us. I am telling you this because knowledge is power, and we have to be able to identify how to better help the children around us and in our society and that interact with our children. Our children are the future. 
And we really need the future to turn around and have a little bit more of a glimmer of hope and positivity. Children deserve to thrive. Children deserve to feel safe in their homes. Children deserve to feel protected by their parents and loved ones around them. Children do not deserve to be exposed to abusive environments. Children do not deserve to feel unsafe and unprotected at home. If you know someone who is in a domestic violence relationship and has a young child at home, not only are there resources for that person, there are resources for that child. Of course, there's the National Coalition Against Domestic Violence. If you know someone who is in that situation, please share these resources if it's safe for them. The National Coalition Against Domestic Violence can be reached at ncadv.org. You can also visit the National Domestic Violence Hotline at ndvh.org or call 1-800-799-SAFE. As always, 911 is a go-to for emergent situations. And you can call or text 988 for local crisis and suicide resources or use the Lifeline Confidential Chat. We have to equip ourselves with whatever is needed to protect our babies. And that's why I'm here today. I'm here to give a voice to the voiceless. I'm here to speak out for these babies who cannot speak out for themselves. I'm here today to shed light on the reality that domestic violence does not just impact the adults involved. It greatly impacts every single child that is exposed to that domestic violence situation. Many of those children are being abused and neglected. Let's be there for them. Let's be their support system. Let's be love for them. And let's be their voices. Thank you so much for joining me on today's episode of the Unspoken Cycle podcast. I will end on a more positive note that beginning in November, I'm going to be talking about how we can heal from our traumas, how we can learn better ways to cope with the stressors of the world, and how we can thrive and be joyful in our lives. So this closes the chapter of my four-part series on domestic violence in honor of Domestic Violence Awareness Month. Next month, I promise you, my podcast episodes will be much lighter, much more positive-based, and we'll start really digging into how to live the best, most joyful, fulfilling lives we possibly can within our control. I promise you that. If you have not yet, please like and subscribe. I would love to have you join me on my weekly journey. Also, please visit theunspokencycle.com. There is a plethora of great information, resources, blogs, music. All of my podcast episodes are listed there. And there's a community just for women. Join if you'd like. We would love to have you. You can reach me at theunspokencycle at gmail.com. I'm also on Instagram and Facebook at The Unspoken Cycle. 
Thank you so much, ladies, for being such a huge support system to me. Thank you for tuning in today. If anything out of the last four episodes of this podcast, this one is the most near and dear to my heart because we have the opportunity to be there for others in a way that can truly change the trajectory of their lives. And that is just something as a mother that is priceless. I hope y'all go with grace today. Have a wonderful day. And I look forward to you joining me next time. Until then, take care. Thank you for listening to The Unspoken Cycle with Leah Vaughn. Remember to embrace your female within and connect with our community at theunspokencycle.com. Until next time, take care.